0: hey and welcome to another live stream with uh, d4h and the bravo zulu i love these live streams because we get to talk to such interesting people um they're all d4h users around the world today we're jumping to uh tucson arizona and uh to introduce you to jason uh jason is the police sergeant and swat team operations supervisor at the tucson police department hey jason Hey, how you doing, Robin? Great, thank you for joining us. Um, how exciting! SWAT team Eight, is uh, s- sounds super exciting compared to to some some of us who are in emergency response and don't don't get to do uh, don't get to do that exciting stuff. But I think what we're going to talk about today is how ninety nine percent of that time is actually maintenance, admin, training, day to day. The one percent excitement.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's probably accurate.
0: <laughs> for, um for people who aren't familiar, Tucson, Arizona, United States, can you give people an idea where in the state you are?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, for those outside the U.S., Arizona is in the western half of the, the country. Um, Tucson's in the southeast corner of the state of Arizona. Uh, we're, a, we're a desert city. Uh, the metro region's about a million people. Uh, police department, roughly 750 to 800 police officers. Um, our SWAT team has an authorized strength of, of 40 officers, um, about fifth, let's see, about 13 of us are full-time, uh, and the other half are, uh, have collateral duties. So they are mm-hmm. SWAT is a collateral assignment for them. Yeah. Um, so they're detectives, patrol officers, uh, you know, plainclothes officers, et cetera. And then they, they, uh, also work as SWAT officers.
0: And and for a SWAT team, I'm sure there's there's pre-planned events and things that you'd you'd be scheduled to attend with there, or or is that more public order, or is it more react all reactionary?
1: Uh, it's it's quite a bit reactionary. Um, mm-hmm. The way we are currently set up is so our full-time contingent will get supplemented by our um, collateral folks, and we support quite a few surveillance customers. Uh, and will react to targets that they have on a day-to-day basis. Um, the bulk of us work Tuesday uh, through Friday, kind of on a swing shift sort of mm-hmm. setup. Um, What's a surveillance customer? Good question. So our department has about, I would say, about six different um, investigative customers that do surveillance for a wide range of entities within the organization. Mm-hmm. Um we primarily work with the ones who focus on violent offenders. Um, they'll go out, they'll look for targets, they'll brief us on targets. And then um, if they locate them, they'll call us in for the apprehension. Mm-hmm. Um, it could that, that apprehension could be in an open air environment, uh, in vehicles, in houses, apartments, et cetera. So, so these are um, people who are wanted f- for
0: something at this time or they're or they're acting violently at the time?
1: No, they're they're suspects in violent crimes. So they are yeah. wanted for, you know, murder, et cetera. Um, yeah. That that is quite a bit of the bulk of our work. We also do, uh, just like any other SWAT team, barricaded suspects, um, hostage rescue type operations. Mm-hmm. Um some vip protection details during election seasons public order uh type you know supporting you know mobile field force teams uh etc so yeah we we stay through pre- we stay pretty busy yeah absolutely
0: and and so are you all centrally located in in a building or are you you spread out uh, Is just the 15 of you centrally and then the others are on shift elsewhere?
1: yeah So for those of us assigned full-time, we're assigned to the Specialized Response Division, uh, which is based out of a police station here in Tucson. Um, That's kind of our hub of activity. Uh, That's where we keep all of our equipment and our vehicles. Um, We can respond from there to calls, or we can respond from home or anywhere else in the city uh, to calls as long as we've got people to grab the, the vehicles that we need. And and what's your role
0: within the team? What do
1: you do? Sure. So um, I'm operations supervisor for the SWAT team. There's two of us um, myself and my partner team leader. We alternate one month on, one month off. So uh, one month on, we're the administrative kind of operations supervisor coordinating the stuff behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like an 8 to 6 p.m. We call it indoor cat. And then the other month, we rotate to the the uh, swing shift unit and take the bulk of the operations in terms of uh, team leader duties, planning and coordinating, et cetera. Um, we call that outdoor cat.
0: <laughs> I like those phrases. I haven't heard that before. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah,
1: indoor cat, outdoor cat, very good. And, and then in in addition to that, you know, we we have um, quite a few other collateral team leaders. So there's. Uh, five other team leaders, and we will plug them in um, on operations as team leaders, as operations supervisors, et cetera, um, depending on how the ops are going. Wow. Excellent.
0: When you get deployed, uh, how do you, do you get called on the radio? Is it
1: you paged into something? How does it work? Uh, Sure. So we, we oftentimes get phone calls from our, Whichever customer it is, that could be an investigative customer. It could be uh, a patrol division. So the Tucson Police Department has four geographic patrol divisions, um, kind of like precincts in, in other parts of the world. Um, e- each one of those patrol divisions could generate work for SWAT, you know, in the form mm-hmm. of a barricaded suspect. Um, our investigative folks generate work. Our surveillance folks generate work for us. They'll they'll call via phone. They'll give us a briefing, and then we'll activate our team uh, via text message and send them to a staging location or a police station for a briefing. Uh, we average about two hundred and fifteen to upwards of two hundred and fifty five operations a year. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a busy place.
0: Yeah, for sure. So so what happens then? Uh, you you what vehicles you travel traveling? I mean, we're looking at some pretty. Armored up vehicles here on screen now. I mean, what what travels to a normal a normal situation
1: if there is a um, thing? we we have probably our day to day work in doing a lot of uh, fugitive apprehension and or warrant services related to that kind of work involves uh, several unmarked vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, we we currently have the benefit of. Uh, of being pretty well funded, um, we have some folks that work behind the scenes that do an enormous amount of work to to mm-hmm. keep us in some pretty nice equipment and vehicles. Um, most of that is in unmarked kind of platforms, um, some of which have kind of covert armor installed in them. Um, so generally, that's what we're usually working out of and around. And then yeah. when we go to your traditional, you know, barricaded suspect type circumstances we will take our our overt armored vehicles like you see there on the screen Mm -hmm. Uh, and we have a large equipment truck you can kind of see it in the background of that picture um, that we'll take to our scenes and and those are more traditional where you know kind of what you see on the news or in the movies where there's a command post set up down the street and the roads are blocked and Mm -hmm. police are surrounding the house etc
0: my my impression of Arizona is you get some pretty hot days and cold nights would that that be accurate is well is that...
1: I mean I grew up I grew up here and in Southern California so cold I think for most from what I would describe as cold is probably re- uh, relevant, not necessarily relevant. Um, if okay. it gets below if it gets below 40, I'm cold uh, <laughs> actually actually I'd probably go with 50 if it gets below 50 I'm cold. Um, in the summertime, you know, it it, we're used to it, so I, I personally, I personally like the heat. Um, I would say June is our hottest month. You know, we're looking at daytime temperatures usually north of one hundred and five. And is that not? I mean,
0: you must be wearing quite a lot of equipment in that heat, right? But it's okay. I see the big sunshade on your truck. That's why I was wondering. I mean, it
1: must be. Oh. Yeah, difficult
0: no, I, operating like in a barricade situation we, uh,
1: we don't we don't generally have a problem with rain, <laughs> so yeah, it def, definitely see. definitely desert environment.
0: So if if swatter deployed to something, how many would go? What's kind of an, an expected number? Um, it, it might really be different for things, but I mean, yeah, it
1: it, re- it really depends. Um, and that myself and my fellow team leaders that that's kind of our wheelhouse is to decide what we want to take to where range
0: like minimum versus
1: um i i I would say typically over 12 um all the way up to the entire team depending on it's it's a lot lot of people yeah yeah it is and what are the roles
0: like how do those 12 function when they 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 arrive on scene what are the different roles do people yeah sure reassign roles do you assign them when you arrive Uh, how does it
1: no, so we we have our rank structure is is fairly rigid. Um, we have a SWAT commander who's a lieutenant on the department. He oversees uh, kind of the 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 admin administrative portions of the operations. He approves us to go out on our operations. Um, the actual running of the op- operations is conducted by the sergeants, the team leaders. Uh, below that, we have a senior operator cadre. Um, people would probably be familiar with them as like a corporal would, would be a a military example. Um, I lean on them pretty heavily as like a senior NCO type mentality. They help guide the team. Um, They help the individual operators make sure they're doing what they need to be doing make sure they have the equipment they need to be doing. So, so on a scene or on a call, I, I can lean on them pretty heavily to say, Hey, this is sort of the, the big picture we want to accomplish. And they'll, They'll help work on the details and make sure people are going where they need to go. Um, Beyond that, we have specialties within the team that most of the guys will pick one or two to kind of focus on once they're on the team for about a year, a year plus. Uh, Snipers, breachers, uh, medics, and we have some drone pilots. those, those are kind of our, our core group of specialties at the moment. Um, we have a pretty robust explosive breaching program. Um, our snipers are fantastic. They, they have additional training days per month. They go to, um, our medics are fantastic. I'm the medic supervisor, so I'm biased. Our, our medic section, uh, consists of EMTs and some Tucson fire department paramedics. Um, and so each one of those subspecialties, they've got extra training days on top of the regular team training days that they have to go to, uh, throughout the year. Excellent. So that's the life of
0: outdoor cat. Let's talk to indoor cat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Indoor cat can be. it, well, it depends. So we, based on our op tempo, indoor cat and outdoor cat sometimes blur. <laughs> so so what we'll do is on some operations, we try to send over more than one team leader on those operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite oftentimes the indoor cat ends up going with the, the uh, operations supervisor the, on the field ops. Um, so, and we and we, we try to like, we try to balance the workload um, pretty well amongst us the catch though is you know most of us have been doing this for quite a long time we're full-blown addicts uh and it's it's hard to to say no and and to not yeah. want to go um so for the the indoor cat side of the house one of the goals on that is also to be able to sort of downshift just a little bit uh longevity wise we focus on kind of the the day-to-day running of uh, the program um keeping up on the tracking of trainings, uh, mm-hmm. making sure people are doing what they need to be doing, um, kind of all the the, the nitty gritty that goes into the behind the scenes of a SWAT team.
0: And and you came across D4H through another SWAT team, right?
1: Yeah. So uh, it, it, I don't know if it'll surprise listeners or or anybody you know watching. The SWAT guys aren't always the greatest at admin um and we we kind of we hit an inflection point about a year or so ago you know looking at what we had and and we were tracking equipment and training um in a wide variety of ways uh excel Mm -hmm. was generally the go-to um and and quite honestly it 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 was not meeting our needs by any stretch uh we had a homegrown we had a homegrown computer program um developed through Microsoft access that you know it just wasn't supported any longer um, and and we kind of looked at it going hey you know all this stuff probably was great you know in the early 2000s but we, we've hit a point where we we need some professional help mm-hmm. um, we started looking around at other places to see what they were doing and the the answers we found were pretty shocking um, I to be honest that there, there wasn't a one size fits all solution to kind of do what we wanted to do for tracking equipment and ops and everything else. Um, and what was also incredibly surprising was there were not, uh, there's not a lot of teams out there that were doing it any different than we were, which, Mm. which we, we were really shocked by. Uh, we reached out to one of the neighboring agencies up in the Phoenix Valley. So for For those outside of the united states phoenix state capital of arizona um it's right in the center of the state it's about two hours to our north they uh, there's a city there called chandler um a, a very modern swat team we we went and spoke to them and they were using d4h showed us how they used it and quite honestly it was was the greatest you know sales pitch we could ever ask for because it was swat guys showing swat guys how to use their program and what they were using it for, as Mm. opposed to, as opposed to, you know, uh, a a salesman for lack of a better term. Um, and, and we were able to ask some really, you know, direct questions and get extremely direct answers back. Um, as opposed to, you know, sometimes the norm with tech companies or equipment companies, and, and we, we test a lot of equipment, um, we get a lot of equipment and, and. You know, quite honestly, those reps that, you know, they're always willing to say, hey, this will do whatever you want it to do. Oh, of course, it'll solve this problem, of course. Um, And we've been burned by that. And so so talking to Chandler, it was great because we were able to ask all those questions, get a real answer. And it turned out to be exactly what we were looking for, which has been a a, which has been awesome.
0: So, So you're managing your equipment and training and personnel. In D4H is that all right? And a couple of yeah. other things. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what we're currently how we're currently using it is we use it as our equipment inventory. Um, it also tracks our uh, our expendable supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, on the personnel side of the house, we also use it to track our operations. Um, so we'll do. We we don't use it for the RMS system. Um, that, that's that's just too big of a behemoth Mm -hmm. to take on in an agency, our size. Um, so how we use it is we'll, we'll do our after action reports for each training and or operations within D4H with a little blurb, um, kind of specific to our ops. And then we'll link it to our, our case numbers for our RMS Mm -hmm. system. Um, and then on the personnel side of the house with training, we track their qualifications, the trainings they've gone to throughout the year, the ones they've missed, Anything we want them to you know make sure they redo or or get remedial training on. We never had a system prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have to track it essentially, you know, pen and paper almost. Um, and and it it's a game changer.
0: That's good to hear. So just describe life before versus after, putting your sure. like what, what's that look
1: like? So so prior to D4H. Uh, We tracked our after-action reports via homegrown program um, built or built used on. I'm sorry, built within Microsoft Access. Uh, Microsoft Access is no longer supported, um, and quite honestly, it's essentially a glorified spreadsheet when you get behind the scenes. All of our training, uh, to be honest, we really didn't track it. Uh, Mm -hmm. We we didn't we didn't track it the way we should. and it was post-it notes, uh, Excel spreadsheets, a combination of the two. Memory. Hey, this person needs to do this. Hey, this person needs to do that. And quite honestly, we had a lot of lapses. Um, there were there were a lot of things that got missed. Uh, and this this is a really easy way to keep us on track. Within the qualifications, we track their their qualifications they need to complete, and we also mm-hmm. track sort of what we would we would describe as. I guess, extra training and the way it's laid out, it allows us to see when we've touched that last. Um, if we if we want to do something every year, we can look back and just see when we need to do it again. We can set the expiration dates on it, which is great. Send us reminders. Um, so, yeah, that that's how we're using it. that. I guess that's how we did it before and, and how we're yeah. doing it now is Much better. Excellent.
0: What about equipment you've,
1: you've... You've got all your equipment in, do you? Is that right? We do. Um, yeah. we, we track all of our inventory uh, with D4H, which, I mean, you can imagine a, a, a major city SWAT team in, in 2023. It, it's, it's several million dollars worth mm-hmm. of material. Um, prior to that, uh, it was all done via kind of ad hoc spreadsheets, um, which which really isn't a great way to kind of track where your stuff's going and who has it and what, how it's being used. Uh, yeah. we also track our expendable munitions inventory via that, um, which has made it nice to see what we've gotten when, when we need to do reorders, um, where stuff's going, how it's being used, and then being able to link that to the AARs, the after action reviews that we're doing within D4H. It, it, it's a one-stop shop for the, for that information
0: well while you're on that pause there let if there's anyone watching online who would like to ask a question to jason we are live just type your comment in wherever you're watching linkedin facebook um x anywhere you you've got you can type your comment in and uh, we'll be able to answer here in in a little bit of time we've left uh, jason sorry to interrupt you there um, no problem so And you've got inspections set up as well. Do you that are
1: recurring? We do. Uh, We have some vehicle inspections that are set up uh, to recur weekly. Um, We've got, so some of the things the full-time guys take on as, as their day-to-day is, is a lot of the vehicle and and equipment maintenance. We have our SWAT armor who does solely that job. um, In addition to going on operations, the, the, uh, the inspections that we use allow our guys to, you know, to kind of stay on track. Um, it's a good reminder for us to, to keep up on our vehicles. We, we have, I mentioned previously, we, we have some very nice stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. we also have some, we also have some very old stuff, um, and, and not really anything in between the, the really old stuff requires a lot of TLC Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the really nice stuff we're trying desperately to keep really, really nice. (laughs) So so the, uh, the inspections are a nice way to just kind of like, you know, keep us on track, make sure our maintenance is good to go. You know, we, we've got a wide range of folks on the team. Um, you, you know, some who've got good mechanical background, some Mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we teach. Um, and it's a, it's a nice way to have a uniform standard. So
0: I, I, I love hearing all the nice things about D4H and these, but I also like asking live on air, what are the not nice things? What do we need to improve on the frustrations? Because uh, <laughs> I like being yeah. transparent like that. So t- talk about them and all.
1: Um, personal pet peeve. It would be fantastic if we could get the list of personnel in alphabetical order by their last name and mm-hmm. not by their first name. If if there were a Um, way for the engineers to fix that, I don't know that I would have really any complaints.
0: I'll I'll give you my. uh, I'll give you the official answer. Um, There's a there's a single name field. We don't have first name, last name in the field, and it was designed like that because agencies like to do all sorts of things, like the the surname in capitals, comma first name. They're like surname normal case, comma first name. They're like initial and name. So we left it really open so you can put whatever you want in the name box so um go last name first name no problem but you do have to all
1: right i'll i'll uh i didn't know that i'll make that change
0: (laughs) so that that's how that's designed you can you can do it any way you'd like in the name box
1: i think i think beyond that that would be my that was my only gripe well that's not too Um, bad we we don't use the mobile apps i think as much as we Mm -hmm. could um, yeah. We've recent we've recently started experimenting um, with the QR code reader, oh yeah, and, yeah. and that type of thing. I, I love being able to see the on call folks via mm. my phone app. That that makes life easy. Um, but I think into the future, exploring the phone apps more will probably be our next steps to get. Yep. Um, to, to to really really use D four H to its full potential, we're cur- also currently uploading um, two years worth of of our AAR data into the system just so we had a wow. a, a, re- a really easy way to search. So we wanted to to kind of go three three total years at any given time. where, you know any entities to ask, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I the I really don't have a whole lot of negatives on d4h it's 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 been good to hear (laughs) good
0: um is there anything i can answer for you about
1: d4h um no i i would say one of the an an underrated thing that we weren't oh i wasn't aware of when we recommended that our department Hmm. purchase the program we we didn't have a complete understanding of what the onboarding um, process was. So for if there's anybody that's going to watch this that is considering D4H, um, we uh, we got uh, essentially every week we got an instruction course on how to use the program via our. our was rep, it was with uh, Marie. Marie right? yep. And, and yep. she was great. And uh, for those of us who don't always have the largest of IT backgrounds, I, I didn't expect that. And that that okay, was. It was fantastic. Uh, she taught us exactly what we needed to do with the program and how to use it. Um, the program's easy enough to use that you could you could muddle your way through it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, pr- probably over the course of a month or so, just sort of plugging and playing. Um, it's very intuitive, but without yeah, with nice. that onboarding, the onboarding was that was next level. We did not expect that. That was great. No, that's great to hear.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, listen thank you so much for your time jason um it's been very You're enjoyable welcome. um and I, I look forward to talking to you again soon thank you thank you guys have a good one yeah you too